morning. How is everybody? That was awesome. That worship was awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. So you guys ready? I got like 10 pages of notes. Are you? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I do have a lot, but I had a dream last night, and um, I feel like I'm only supposed to share about two pages, and I feel like we're supposed to be doing some stuff this morning, and I think a lot of you guys... We're gonna we're gonna activate the, the body this morning, okay? Um, you know, right off the bat, we've been talking about. You know, Travis was talking. I think it was a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? About the about like contending for the promise. Uh, we've been talking about it in leadership. The Lord's been talking to me about it just personally, and um, I feel like this is what's on the Lord's heart for this morning. I feel like even just in this season and even what that word that Travis was sharing about our country, I mean, we need to be contending for our country. And I believe in the process, these stones that, that Travis was talking about are going to be removed from our hearts. And, um, you know, sometimes we hate the process, but the process is the main point. Sometimes, uh, it's preparing us for the blessing. And, um, so I feel like uh, I feel like the Lord wants us to kind of specifically target a certain area about contending for your promise, and I, I'll go into more like on other other Sundays. This is like this is definitely going to be like a series type thing, but I feel like um, you know God wants us to take His promises serious. He wants us to value what He values and value His promises. And uh, not just for, for us individually, like our own promises or the callings or the giftings or whatever that God has placed on our lives, but, but corporately, corporately for our home body here. I, I was, uh, there, there are a lot of promises over this church, and, and one of them is we are to help facilitate a move of God here in Wilmington. And, um, and I remember one time I was praying about it, and I was just asking the Lord, just like, Lord, come on, you've got to move here. You've got to move here. You know, I don't know what I was praying, but you know, along those lines. And um, the Lord showed me this picture of like this emaciated like group of like African children, and they were running after, and it's, it was, they were running after this truck filled with bread. And they were just so desperate. They were like fighting with each other. They were just like, they didn't care. They were just so desperate to get the bread because they were so hungry that they were getting the bread. And I was like, Lord, what in the world? That was a weird picture, you know, as I'm praying this. And he's, feel, and he's telling me, it's like, I'm bringing the church to this place of desperation so that the hunger, they will be so hungry that they will see my promise and see the purposes come to fruition. Because, you know, God doesn't need us but he wants us, and he kind of does need us. He set, up, set it up in such a way that, that he wants to establish his promises here on or through us. And sometimes, you know, God is waiting on us. You know, things are already established in heaven, and he's waiting for us to come in agreement with it and to see it come and to be established here on earth. You know, um, and so I believe God's taking us to this place. And I, I had the, the stream last night. I had, um, I was helping these like three neighbors and um, they were having kind of this dispute over their neighborhood. 
and what they can do in their yard and all this other stuff. It was a really strange dream. And then I got kind of in the middle of it and I was kind of like this mediator slash facilitator. And we all just got together and we all kind of came in agreement about what we can do and not do in this neighborhood. And we signed it on this contract. And then, you know, I woke up. It was, it was a crazy dream. And I had already, you know, had written, uh, you know, all my notes and stuff for today. And um, I specifically feel like we're supposed to talk about the power of agreement and uh, talking about how we're two or more are gathered and when they ask anything in agreement that it will be done for them in heaven. And, um, and we're going to do some of that this morning, okay? Um, we're actually going to do some prayer. You guys aren't just going to be able to sit and listen, all right? <laughs> and because uh, God wants to do something this morning. We were just saying about it this morning, about like promise keeper, way maker, promise keeper, you know. He is a promise keeper. He is a waymaker. He's a miracle worker. And he, but he wants to do it through us. You know? And he wants to do it through his body, through his church, through his bride. If you got your bibbles, let's go ahead and turn. So let's turn to Matthew 18, if you have your Bibles. All right. And I just want to talk a little bit just about the principle about two or three coming together in agreement and fighting for one another. And then we'll get to uh, Matthew 18 here. It says, you know, in Psalm 133, I'm just going to read it to you guys. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head, coming down the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming upon the edges of his robes. So when brothers come into unity, when brothers and sisters come into unity, there is power released. There's power released. There's anointing released. It's just a principle. When we come together and we're in unity, there's power, okay? There's an increase of power, all right? And then Deuteronomy 32, 20 says, How can one have chased a thousand and two, put 10,000 to flight, except the rock had sold them and the Lord had delivered them up? There is a multiplication when two come in agreement, right? If you do the, if you do the math, right, if one puts a thousand, two, you would think put 2,000 to flight. But no, it's saying that 10,000. So there's a, this exponential multiplication that takes place when we come in agreement with one another, when we fight for with, uh, with one another. Because that's what this is talking about. That scripture is talking specifically about fighting. If one of us, now let's put this in spiritual terms, obviously. If one of us can put to flight a thousand, let's say, demons, then two of us can put 10,000. So how many can three? I don't know. Do the math. <laughs> I don't know. It would be like, what, 100,000 if you keep going on? <laughs> but think about it. So there, is, there are these biblical spiritual principles that when we come in agreement that power is released, that there's multiplication and the effect of our working together. And then in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So when two come together, it is better than just one. Because there's a greater return. There's a greater blessing that takes place. That if just one is praying for something or one is going after something, when two come together, there's a greater reward. There's a greater blessing. Now, a lot of you guys know these scriptures already, but I'm building this because we need to understand that two is better. <laughs> Three is better. 
And we live in such a individualistic society where, you know, we kind of just go after our things and we just kind of, we keep our lives compartmentalized with one another and we don't really uh, experience this unity that we, that the potential that we have as a body, that when we come together, we will see the kingdom of God on a whole new level. And, um, you know, God's doing this uh, because he's a good father and he wants his kids to get along, right? <laughs> Just like me as a father, I want my kids to get along. He's tricking us. You know, I thought you guys heard me talk. He tricks us into relationship a lot. He wants us. He knows that the, the promises that he's given you, first and foremost, they're impossible for you to do without him. And they're impossible for you to do by yourself. He designed it this way because he's tricking you into relationship and dependence on him. And he's tricking you to be in relationship with your family, with your brothers and sisters, and to be interdependent with them. Okay? We talked about this a lot. And we're going to get it one of these days. Right? <laughs> Where we're really going to actually work together. We're really actually going to fight for one another. We're really actually going to see each other step into the promises that God has for us as a body, an individual. All right. So you guys are in Matthew 18, right? So Matthew 18, 19, I'm just going to read through it here and then we'll go. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth. Actually, let me start before that. I'm going to start in 16, Matthew 18, 16. It says, but if he does not listen to you, take one or two of you with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact or word may be confirmed. And then jumped out to 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For, there, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst, in their midst. Okay. So obviously he's talking before about if, if your brother is in sin to go to him, but Jesus is talking about that, but he's talking about something else. He's talking also about establishing things here on earth. And there, the scriptures in Deuteronomy where it says, you know, that, um, you know, verse 16, Jesus is, is quoting that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact or word may be confirmed or established. So he's trying, he's establishing a principle here that when two or three use their mouth and they establish a fact or a word that it is established here on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Now, if you read and you know, if you read through this and you just kind of look at all the points where Jesus is saying on earth in heaven, I mean, let's read through it. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, it shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if that two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Do you see that? He's, he's, he's doing that on purpose. What does that remind you of? What scripture does that remind you of? The Lord's Prayer, which says what? On earth as it is, your will be done, right? On earth, as it is in heaven, 
He's pointing to this to the, the Lord's Prayer. He's pointing to this principle of establishing whatever is in heaven here on earth. And he's saying that it's done with two or three witnesses. You guys getting you guys see this? So two or three come together, whatever they ask, I will do it. My father will do it in heaven, on earth. Okay, so there's this principle where when two or three come together in agreement and they ask anything, it will be done for them on earth as it is in heaven. I know this is kind of, it sounds simple, but this is like, I think sometimes we just forget this. The promises of God are already established in heaven. When God gives you a prophetic word or when you hear from the Lord and he gives you a promise, it's already done in heaven. He's in, by releasing and sharing the promise to you, he is inviting you into working together with him to establish it here on earth. Just like my dream when the, the, the three neighbors on their property were establishing what can and cannot be done in their neighborhood and they came into agreement it was established and it was law so when whatever we bind or loose on earth is bound and loose in heaven so whatever you come in agreement with somebody and you pray and you bind something on earth or you um deny that's all the other word another word can be deny you deny something from coming or being established on earth as it is in heaven then the resources of heaven become in line with you and they're released to accomplish this and whatever is loosed and another word you could use there is permitted whatever you permit whatever you allow it will be done do you guys understand the level of authority Jesus is establishing for believers here? That as the second Adam, and we are brothers of the second Adam, how much authority did the first Adam have over the earth before the fall? Yeah, he said, have dominion, have control, be ruler of this world, right? Then Satan came, took that authority, by, his, by, fall, by Adam and Eve falling. Jesus came back as the second and the last Adam, and he took back that authority that Adam gave away through his disobedience, and through the obedience of Christ, he was given it back. And now we, as co-heirs with Christ, as brothers to Christ, we now have this same authority. Do you realize that? I don't totally realize this. <laughs> Not yet, but we're getting to know this. We have authority over more things than you can really imagine. Not that you did anything to earn it, and you know, you guys know I don't have to like establish this or whatever, but it is solely what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So we have an authority to allow and to deny things in Wilmington. You have legal right to establish things in your neighborhood and to deny things in your neighborhood. And you've got heaven backing you up. 
So all this to be saying, I, I feel like uh, we're going to do this this morning. We're going to, um, you know, when two or three of us come in agreement, and I think this is important because a lot of times when we pray and when we fight for our promise, you know, when we talk about fighting for a promise, most of the time it's fighting. We're fighting in prayer, you know, and a lot of times when we fight in prayer, sometimes it's important to understand the authority that you have because that allows you to pray in faith because without you praying in faith, you shouldn't really expect anything. That's what the Bible says. And we, we pray sometimes, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm like this sometimes too. Like we pray these weak little prayers <laughs> like, God, oh, if it's your will, you know, we do all these disclaimers in our prayers and like, and really when Jesus taught the Lord's prayer, he actually said, you know, uh, let your kingdom come. It literally means like it, he's, it's a command come kingdom of heaven. Will of God be done. It's the binding and loosing, right? It's the allowing and the denying. You're allowing. I am allowing. I am allowing the kingdom of heaven to come where I am right now in the name of Jesus. I am denying anything that the enemy is trying to bring against. I close that door. He has no access in Jesus' name. Does that make sense? So when two or three of us, now we can do that individually, but when two or three of us come together and do it, there's exponential power. We will take more ground. Just like in my dream where there was like three of these neighbors, we took over the whole neighborhood. We established what was allowed and what wasn't allowed in this neighborhood of two or three. I don't know how many were in the neighborhood. I, don't, I didn't see in my dream. What is that? You know, what's that saying? Where, uh, two kind is better than, oh, no. Wait, four kind is better than the full house or something like that? Beats a full house? Three of kind beats a full house? Yeah. What does that mean then? Do we need to have like a church, a mega church of like 10,000 to see, the heaven, see God show up and to change Wilmington or to change our nation? Do we need that? What do we need? Agreement of what? Of how many? Two or three. Two or three. God's thinking is so different than ours. Sometimes we think we need this big church army. We need to, you know, to take back this country, to take back this land. We need this huge army. We need the body. You need two or three that are agreeing. You know, we, you guys know the story about when Jesus, he gives the word, hey, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive power on high. He says this to 500 people. And we end up, uh, what is that, a fifth, basically, a little more than a fifth, we're able to wait and to stay and remain. And there was 120 in the upper room. But they were in one heart. They were one. They were in unity. They were one. And it kicked off the church. It birthed the church, and it's changed the world. You know, today is, what's today? Do you guys know what today is? All, what? All Saints Day. Why? What's All Saints Day? What happened 500 years ago? Yes, yeah, all Saints Day is tomorrow, technically, yeah. What, what? Martin Luther, right? What happened 500 years ago? That's right. What changed the world, changed history as we know it, changed the church as we know it? Oh, yeah, it, Martin Luther, the Reformation, 
he nailed the 95 theses on the the church door and just kicked off. I mean, the Reformation was was starting, but that really took it over the edge. You had a small group of people doing this, but it changed everything. And I'm saying this to you just that we need to, uh, to believe who God says you are and the authority that he has placed in you so that when you pray and when you come in agreement with brothers and sisters over a matter, that it is established and that we will see the fruit of it in the natural. Okay? All right. So we're going to do this uh, this morning. If you're, you've been, you know, guys in uh, the Springview Home Group, you guys know how we do it. But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for one another, and uh, but we're gonna pray differently. Some of you guys are already praying this way, which is awesome. But uh, so I encourage you to even do it even more. But we're gonna pray with boldness. We're gonna, we're gonna loose things in one another's lives. We're going to allow things in one another's lives, and we're going to bind things. We're going to deny things in one another's lives, um, and in the church. You know, we've been talking about. I think this is really important. We need to, as a body, like come together and, and come in agreement for the purposes and the establishes us, of us as a local body of why we are here, why we are gathering. We don't just show up here just have a service or a couple services. There are things in God's heart that He wants to do here, and. Um, some of them are, you know, we've talked about it over the, the years, but here, and I'm giving you guys just some things that are targets for you to pray about, is he wants to move here in Wilmington, and he wants to use our body to help facilitate that. And I'm not saying we want, we're the only body, but he does want to use us to move here in a dramatic way, in a way that mirrors or even maybe is greater than the Welsh revival. And that is a prophetic word, spoken back from the 70s, from Derek Prince, that I'm still standing on, that he will move here in eastern North Carolina, that he will move here in a, in a way that will change this region. How many of you guys want to see that happen? Man, if two or three came in agreement and fought with these prophecies, with these promises, how much more than like, what, 50 of us here, if we came together in agreement and we sought after these things, and we established them here. God, move here like you promised that you would move here. Other things that God has, has called up for our, our church, and this is just to add to, your, to your, your targets here, guys, that we are praying here together in agreement. God wants to use our body as a, a healing well. That there, he wants dramatic healing to take place here. Physically, he wants to see cancer healed here. He wants to see... Alzheimer's healed here. He wants to see the pair, the paraplegic, is that, yeah, come out of the wheelchair. Here, here, greater works you will do, right? Those aren't greater. You know, these are, these are things that, this is Jesus level, right? The things he did, right? He wants to do that here. What if we came together and prayed in unity with two or three, we established God, let the power of your Holy Spirit move here for healing in these ways. It will happen. Well, it is, yeah. Well, we'll see it in a greater way. And that so much so that there will be a rumor, Mark 2, there will be a rumor that Jesus is in our midst. I mean, come on. How, that's the church building model, the biblical church building model right there. The rumor that God's here in your midst. That's what he wants to do here.
but he wants to establish it through us in relationship with him and each other. He also wants us to be a prophetic pillar to this region where we were training and equipping people in the prophetic and also being an encouragement to prophets and and a refuge for prophets. There's all kinds of problems. I can't go through all of them, but we're praying through them. The leadership team, we're we're praying, we're we're taking them serious. We're valuing what God has spoken and we're we're fighting for them and we're going to see them established if we don't grow weary. But if we're patient like the farmer who sticks the seed in the ground and, he, and waits forever, and even though he doesn't see anything, but he believes that it will eventually grow. Right? James 5, 7. So um, I want to read this to you, this, just an example of how we can be praying and how the authority that we can walk in in prayer. Charles Finney is one of my heroes of the faith and some of you guys too. I mean, he was an amazing man of God, and, but he got this. And that is the reason why he saw, he was part of the Second Great Awakening here in our nation. It really changed our, our nation. And, um, and so I'm going to read to you, uh, this is an excerpt from uh, his autobiography of an example of how him and his intercessor, I think his name was Brother Nash. It's funny how you, like, you remember the, the main guy, but you don't remember the guy behind the scenes, right? The intercessor. <laughs> But they would come together and they would come in agreement together. They, they understood and they believed and, and they knew the authority that was released when they came in agreement in intercessory prayer over the promises of God. And um, they prayed with such faith. It is like, it's just awesome. And I'm encouraging you guys, let's pray with this magnitude of faith. So this is what he says, a spirit of importunity sometimes came upon me. So if you guys don't know what that means, it just means this, this basically this spirit of prayer would come on him, of just like fervent prayer. So that I, I would say to God that he had made a promise to answer prayer and I could not and would not be denied. I felt so certain that he would hear me and that faithfulness to his promises and to himself rendered it impossible that he should not hear and answer. That frequently I found myself saying to him, I hope thou dost not think I can be denied. Talk about some bold prayers. I cannot tell you how absurd unbelief looked to me and how certain it was in my mind that God would answer prayer. Those prayers from that day, from day to day and hour to hour, I found myself offering in such agony and faith. How do you think that made God feel? Was he offended when when Charles Finney says, I hope you think I will not be denied? Do you think that offended God? Do you think he was offended by that? Hey, when I first read that, I was offended. I was like, ooh, he can't talk to God that way. You can't talk to my God that way, right? And then, uh, and then I felt like the Lord was saying, his faith pleased me. It is impossible to please God without faith. He had so much faith, and he understood. He wasn't being disrespectful to, to God. He knew God wanted it to take place. And he was coming in agreement with heaven to establish it here on earth. So much so that God moved 
in drastic, I mean, read, read the stories. I mean, God, wherever him and his brother Nash would go, they'd spend time praying. God's presence would fall in such a way the whole town would be saved almost. Everywhere they went, all over the New England area and kind of a lot of New York area. And it was awesome. God wants to do that here. He wants to see your neighborhood come to the Lord. He wants to see Wilmington transformed. Do you think the state of Wilmington is God's will? God's perfect will right now. How do we change that? Do we wait for God? God's sovereign, right? We wait for God just to come and do it. No, we partner with him. We fight with him. We fight with the promises. We establish his promises here on earth as it is in heaven. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't put that in the Lord's Prayer if he didn't need us or he didn't want to include us. So we're going to do that this morning, all right? So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to break up into groups of guests. <laughs> two or three, right? Two or three. Break up in groups of two or three. Three is probably better. Two is sometimes awkward. <laughs> That's what I say at home group. You know what I'm saying? Get together in groups of three, and I want you guys to, to pray for each individual person, take, take turns, and I want you guys to pray. And so, you know, if me and Travis are praying in a group, I'm going to say, all right, Travis, what do you need breakthrough in? What area do you want to see breakthrough in? What area do we need to release the kingdom in in your life? And I'm talking about don't pray little. The impossible things, the promises God's given you, your unsaved family member, people you've been praying for forever, you know, like... We have lots of testimonies of this. We do this in home group almost every time, and, and we see tremendous breakthrough. We were praying for one person who had been walking away from the Lord forever. And uh, for, I mean, years, decades. And our home group, we would pray, and we would pray. I, and there's sometimes I was just, I'm tired of praying the same prayer. I don't even want to, you know, we joke about it. We were joking about this past uh, uh, Wednesday about there was one person in our group that um, they would pray about the same thing. They bring the same thing up, and we didn't see anything happen for weeks and weeks. And I was like, and, I, and sometimes in my heart, and I'll just be honest, I was like, man, please, I, I don't, I don't want to pray for that anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, you get tired after a while, and you get discouraged, you know, when you don't see anything. Right? And, uh, but we kept on praying, even when my flesh was saying, I don't want to pray for you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, flesh. We are going to see breakthrough here in Jesus' name. And we kept on praying. We, kept on, we saw tremendous breakthrough, family reconciliation. I mean, it was dramatic, and we're still seeing the fruit of it today because we didn't give up. And we're two or three or gathered, and we come in agreement, and we release the kingdom of heaven into a situation. It is done. And if we don't give up, like Daniel, you know the story, Daniel 10, when he was praying and just fasting, and he, and he was praying and fasting for 21 days, it took for the angel to come, and the angel said, I was sent the first day you started praying. What does that tell you? That when you pray, heaven is released immediately. Now, there may be a period of 21 days where there's some demonic stuff hold up and all, you know, read Daniel 10. And that's why we have to keep on praying, pray and keep on praying until we see it manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. 
So uh, anyway, so yeah, we've been pr- we were praying for this individual, for, and like they came back to the Lord um, recently, and it is just like God. I'm just like amazed at, at like what God did, and what it has done is it, with the individuals that we were been praying for the same thing. It's like knitted us together even more. It has encouraged me even more. I need to get together with this person. We pray with faith. <laughs> we see heaven established. We see heaven show up. And God's tricking us in relationship while this is all happening, right? All right, so we're going to do that. So get in groups. Yeah. 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 When you first read that verse this morning, it struck me different than it ever has. And I prayed that, I prayed that verse, and I've heard that verse a hundred times, okay? But what got me was it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, yeah. then what they say will be done. Yeah. But I think the big thing about it is when two or three are gathered in his name, it's not just the three, two or three that are, that are agreeing. He's agreeing with you. That's right. So it's agreement with God, and what God wants is going to happen. That's right, because what does it say at the very end of that? Where two or three are gathered in my name, what? I am in the midst of them. That's right. That's exactly right. And it reminds me of the scripture when I was reading through this, the Lord Holy Spirit brought up Zephaniah, gosh, I can't remember the address, where it says, The Lord is in our midst like a mighty warrior. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, what can man do? What can, be, what can stop God? Nothing. The gates of hell shall not prevail. That means we were talking about before. We're on the offense. We are on the offense. So many times, Christians, we act like we're on the defense. Lord, help us. No, we're taking ground. We're establishing his kingdom here, wherever, your workplace, your neighborhood, this body, this neighborhood. All right, so let's do it. So let's break up in groups of three, and then you're going to take turns just you know, praying for each person. Do, let's, let's, don't, don't give your life story, okay? <laughs> like, we definitely, come to home group and give your life story. But right here, let, <laughs> let's, but like right here, let's name one thing you want to see breakthrough in. You want to see the kingdom of heaven breakthrough and change. And then the, the, the two of you guys all come in agreement and you pray like Charles Finney prayed. All right, don't give any weak prayers here. Pray with faith. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are an, a co-heir with Christ. Your words carry power, and when you speak, heaven listens and acts, okay? You guys ready?